What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together we're exploring the Book of Mormon. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And this week we're looking at the temptations of Jesus, the beginning of his ministry, the calling of his disciple, the man with a clean spirit, and many, many more as we go throughout the first chapter. All right, we are in it. We are in it. We are in it. I'm first chapter. First chapter. I'm excited about this. Very excited. Yes. But um, you know, before we dive into the book itself, the the the, the Mark, the Gospel of Mark, in chapter one, I just want to spend just a few minutes here talking about why podcasting, why this medium. Well, then, as you know, as we are putting sermons together, we study, we research it, and. And there's a lot of leftover material that doesn't make into the sermon. But those are valuable information that uh, we learned that I think we should uh, uh, impart that wisdom to the people that we serve. So I think uh, those information ought to be shared. And this platform gives us the opportunity to do that so people would know a little bit more about uh, uh, what goes on in the passage outside of what is preached on Sunday morning. Yeah, I know what you mean because spending, uh, you know, thirty minutes, forty minutes, you know, mm-hmm. give or take. I just, I never go over thirty. Okay, never goes over thirty. Okay, <laughs> that's true. That is true. You can't. Is that a Brazilian thirty? Like where it's like forty? Well, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait a second. In Brazil, time should be that way. If it's seven, if it's thirty minutes, if it's thirty-nine fifty-nine, this is still thirty minutes. Still Isn't thirty cool? minutes. So this podcast is going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 29.59. That's right. That's the target. But no, I think you're right. I think um, it, it, if we're going to study the book of Mark, that's what I like about this book that we're doing and the plan that we've put together leading up from now until Easter. Mm-hmm. On a Sunday morning, we're going to tackle a certain section of that passage, yes. right? Yes. When we do this podcast, we're not going to necessarily focus on that section, no, we're going to explore the rest of the it. The rest of it. We're going mm-hmm. to kind of, we're going to really unpack the whole book of Mark when it's all said and done through our Sunday morning yes. and this podcast. Yes, that's the goal. That's the intent. That's the to intent. really uh, go through, with our people through the whole book of Mark. If we can't do that on a Sunday morning, we'll do on both there and here. Right. So that means there's some homework for you guys listening, right? There's yes, a little bit definitely. of a prerequisite because we're not going to necessarily read the chapter as we go through this podcast, we're going to just kind of touch on each of the sections and talk about it. Um, and the different sections are called what, Sam? Pericope. Pericope. Is, that's a made up word. No, you, it you is made not. That a word no, that, it is not. It is word. a dictionary. That dude. is not a word. You I can, do you make You can't some... even pronounce it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I do can pronounce Pericope. Right there. That's nice. Pericope. See, you did it right. It even came with the accent. Good job. Well, I, I am a foreigner too. We're from a Very different cool. side. but That's yeah. good. Maybe I should have said the word shut up, maybe. But, uh, it's yeah. okay. It's Sam and Danny. Okay. We yes. know, we know. Uh, but no, we're going we're gonna to dive into each of these sections. So as I said, hopefully you've read this passage, you've read the scriptures. If not, pause this right here. And go and read through it, and then come back and join us. Yeah, read chapter unpack. one before. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. But all right, let's do this. Let's do it. Okay, let me break it down. I think there is some nerdiness that I think we need to get out of the way here. I think the book of Mark is broken in different ways. So uh, let me say that the the book of Mark is broken in the miracles of Jesus, the parables of Jesus, and the teachings of Jesus. And the teachings of Jesus are broken in three different ways: the announcement. 
the predictions and the suffering. Uh, the announcement is announcing the new king, the new kingdom, and the new order of living. And that goes from uh, chapter 1 uh, to chapter 8. Uh, and in those, the king, the kingdom, and the order is rejected. The leader is rejected in his hometown, and that's Jesus. And then the prediction, he predicts his death. And the, predict the predictions goes from chapter 8, verses 27, to chapter 10, verses 45. And then in the end, from chapter 11 to chapter 15, we see the suffering, the suffering servant. There is this individual in the Old Testament called the, uh, the suffering servant. Isaiah picks up on that very much. And Mark picks up on that and plays that off here in the end of his book. Well, that's a great, that's a great overview of the whole book. And, you know, as we kind of go through this, we'll keep those elements in mind when we talk through those sections. And hopefully we can connect to the material a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So... We're not going to focus on the baptism part because we you've, you've spent a lot of time, 39.59 <laughs> minutes, talking about the baptism. Yes. Um, so let's go to the next section. Um, but first, let's start, start with verse 1 because y you share with me something interesting. Whenever there was a, a new rule or a new emperor would come into play, there would be this pronouncement of, of what the period was, right? Yes. So with the new emperor, there, is a, there was a, a pronouncement of the new emperor. And it read just like verse 1 reads, the beginning of Octavian, the, the, the reign of, 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 of Octavian the Great, and uh, the son of God. So Mark is here saying from the beginning of his, of his gospel, the beginning of of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God, the real God. There's a new reign, there's a new kingdom, there's a new order, and I'm going to tell you about it right here and right now. So verse 1 gives us that pronouncement. Yes. The greater we go. Then we, as, and then you can go back and, and read the, and listen to the message, and so we can jump all the way to verse 12 and pick up on the temptation of Jesus. The Spirit... Uh, immediately drives Jesus to the wilderness right after his baptism. I, I like what you say right after his baptism because there's this thing about the baptism which is which is which is so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, the heavens open, and God declares, "This is my Son, and who I'm well pleased." Yes. This, this, the Holy Spirit descends in a, in the form of a dove, mm -hmm. and um, and Jesus is baptized. And you would think that after that moment, let's have a party. We're getting ready to yeah. start yes. this ministry. Yeah. We're, getting ready to, we're getting ready to save some people. But what happens? What What did Jesus do? <laughs> goes to the wilderness for 40 days. <laughs> 40 days and he goes to the wilderness. Yes, to be tempted by Satan, the adversary, the 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 opposed one. And, uh, and I think there's so much significance on this passage. Uh, you know, uh, he was driven out by the Spirit to the wilderness. I mean, just this idea of wilderness, 40 days, really bring us back, uh, bring us back to the Old Testament. Yeah, right? the Israelites, right? Yeah, Who was stranded in the wilderness for 40 years. Yes. So we see here there is a relation between Jesus and the Israelites and even us, right? The fact that we fell to temptations often in our lives. The Israelites, when they were in the wilderness for 40 years, they fell many times. Moses didn't enter the promised land because he fell in the wilderness to the temptations that was proposed to them. He there. got a flyover though. He got a flyover. He, well, he, yeah, he got to pick in, got to peek like, in yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just like when Laura cooks at home. I'm always picking in to see what's going on. But uh, um, 
So yeah, in the so here so the, the idea here is that Jesus he took on our place, took on the place of Israel, went through the forty days to the temptations of the enemy, and he won. He beat it. He, and that gives me that leads into what I want to ask you here. I want to pick okay. your brain here, but mm-hmm. you say he won, right? So yes. if we knew that Jesus could not fail, because Jesus is God, okay, and he mm-hmm. couldn't fail, mm-hmm. why go through the test? Why? Why go through the testing? That's a good question. I think it goes back to the baptism, uh, to his baptism. If he was baptized, why? Why would if Jesus was perfect, why would he be baptized? Why the baptism of Jesus? Well, I think it was so that he can. I believe it is that time. It's the starting of his ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that John was the, he was the one to go prepare the way. Sure, he yeah. was the forerunner. Mm-hmm. And you know, and we don't talk much about John. In fact. It says that John was kind of arrested, and then kind of Jesus starts his ministry after that. I don't know sure. if there's anything interesting there, mm-hmm. but I really like this because Jesus was not only physically tested, mm-hmm. but he was tested morally too. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was tested morally, and, and Mark doesn't spend a lot of time trying to talk about all the ways that he was tested. Yes, but that forty days, it wasn't like the accuser came to him at two o'clock every day. And be like, hey, all right, it's, it's the afternoon time. Let me, let me test you. It was an ongoing thing from minute being to hour tempted. to day, mm-hmm. being tempted. And I think the point of the testing goes back to my original question that mm-hmm. kind of asked. The point of the testing was not to prove that he could pass because we know Jesus would pass the test, yes. right? Mm-hmm. The point of the testing was to permit him to allow him to experience the test so he could represent us in the most 100% way that he can so he can sympathize with us Hebrews tells us that Jesus went through all the temptations he went through everything that we went that we were going through I mean there's no temptation or trial that we can go through that Jesus hasn't faced yes he he went through it all and, and he overcame so that we would overcome through him for sure yeah, I mean, I like, you know, we didn't, can expose it a little bit more or not, but wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights, I'm all for days, I'm not so sure 40 nights, in, 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 at night in the wilderness, I'm afraid of the dark, so, and then... <laughs> I see how you act with that spider over there. Oh, well, that's right, and then there is wild animals. Well, oh, that's yeah. ghost, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what a wild animal would there be, but... That's crazy, man. Sometimes when I hear Amanda calls me, it sounds like a wild animal. <laughs> Be careful, boy. <laughs> but then Jesus begins his ministry, right? Um, verse 14, now uh, after John was arrested, which is what you just mentioned, John started his ministry, is arrested. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. Uh, one, one, a couple of things that we, we didn't mention here in the beginning is the fact that Mark was the first gospel being written. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, Matthew uh, and Luke uh, used of his material to compose theirs. And one other thing that is interesting, which brought to mind here, is the fact that uh, Mark really plays on the the, the geography of the uh, of uh, on his on his uh, letter. So on his gospel here, uh, he, for Mark, Jesus was going from Galilee, started his ministry um, uh, in Galilee, and went to Jerusalem when he where he died. So it's there's this journey from Galilee to Jerusalem where Jesus was. It's like uh, his home base, right? That's right. Galilee was like home base. Mm-hmm. So he's he's uh, he came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
No, we read that mm-hmm. passage sometimes. And we kind of gloss over that line because we're like, oh, yeah, we're reading the gospel, the mm-hmm. good news mm-hmm. of Jesus. Okay, the time has passed. But, man, it is so critical when you think of time. When you think of time, think of you and I today in this moment recording this podcast. This We will never get this time back. No, right? right. Mm-hmm. We will never get it back. What we do with our time is important. And in this time right here, this specific time, I think it, when he says the time is fulfilled, this is, and this is the kingdom of God is at hand. I think it's a critical moment, a decisive moment in history, because this is the starting of the redemptive plan where Jesus, the fulfillment has come up until yeah. this point. Yes. we The prophecy has talked about him, but here we are. This is the time. Yes. It's a big announcement. The gospel, the good news is here. And we know that the good news is a person. And his name is Jesus. So this is a big announcement about the person of Jesus. Uh, about the redemption you're just talking about. And the redemption comes with these two words. Repent and believe. Repent is you're all going the wrong way. The wrong direction. Come my way. Do things my way. And Jesus is proclaiming like, I am the good news. I, I, I am what you were looking for. What you needed. Come do things my way. And believe. Yeah. Believe is that conviction from within that what yeah. you're holding on to it it is true and so uh the big announcement about jesus is come do things my way because i'm real yeah and that's why i really like that because we when you read that when you read that line just thinking about that like the time is here oh my goodness mm. this is it there is the excitement excitement is yes. in the air and mm-hmm. then you can kind of we jump into our next section right where he calls the first set of disciples yes and, and, and this is a, a, a very interesting uh, part for us. We, we have talked about this uh, quite lengthy at times where, you know, these guys, they were fishermen, but then now they, they, are, they are called to something else. And you, you uh, love that, this part. Talk I, to us about I this. do. I do like this. So I'm going to step out of ministry mindset for a second. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put on my, my business hat. Okay. So if I put on my business hat mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a business. Okay. Right. And I want to run the most successful business, a thriving business, mm-hmm. a business that will stand beyond the time that I'm in it. I need three components. Sure. Three okay. things you need. You need vision. Okay. You need people. That's right. And you need leadership. That's true. I believe in this passage right here. If we put a business hat on, we see Jesus. Okay. He shows us all three of these things. He gives these guys a vision. The vision is like, I'm going to make you fish for men. Now, these guys, oh, were, I see. these guys were fishing for fish. Sure. They, know, they know how to do that. That's right. How do I fish for men? Well, this is the vision. It's something that, that someone puts out there for us to go and reach, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus did that. Secondly, he chose them. He chose good people. You got to have good people if you want to have a successful business. And the last thing is great leadership. Yes. If you have vision and you have good people <clears throat> with no leadership, <clears throat> okay. you can't have one or the other. You have to have all three. And I think in, from a business head standpoint, we see all three in this section here where he calls those disciples. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it's yeah. not a business. When it comes to the church, it's exactly. not a business, right? That's true. And so there is one extra component that, that really changes things around, I think, for me here, what you just said. I, I really love what you said. But this business that goes comes uh, turns into something else because it always starts here with the calling. Right, it yep. always starts with the calling. Jesus calls the disciples, call this guy and say, "Follow me." Right, and, and I think that is the difference between 
uh, what we do in ministry and what people do in the world out there. Like there, there, there is vision here. There's people here. There's mm-hmm. leadership here for sure. But uh, 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 but out there in the business world, there is no calling here. It is God calling His the people. The supernatural thing. The supernatural thing. Supernatural. We are the call outs, the ecclesia, the call outs. God is calling us out of the world into Him. Yep. And and that calling you just have in the church. You don't have it any place else. Yeah, and I think I also like to as well, just to play a little bit more on this, on this mm-hmm. section of passage. When it says He called His first disciples... I like to think that he knew these guys. Like this okay. wasn't the first time he saw a Simon Peter. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so are you saying that Jesus like wasn't walk, feeling the sand at the shores of the Sea of Galilee, just walking around sunbathing and he just like I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> Jesus sunbathing. <laughs> well, I was I don't know, looking at the birds, <laughs> counting the fish, I don't know. And then he was like, oh, there's a couple of guys over there. Let me, let's call him to come follow me. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just reading. I'm just being imaginative mm-hmm. with, 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 with the word. And, I'm, you know, obviously, these are not tenets of fate where we're going to say like this. But just, just to think about it, like, if I'm hanging out at home and I want to go start this thing, I'm going to call people I know, someone sure. I depend on, you know? Well, okay, I understand. You know, some reliable people, people that you have some kind of background towards them. Yeah, I think they grew up in the same area. They're in Galilee. I mean, they had to have seen each other, you know, at the roundabouts, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I know you. Okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense why, uh, maybe even why a father would allow their kids to go with, because a father would not allow their kids to go with a stranger, right? So, like, Zebedee, the father of the boys here, yeah. maybe he was like, okay. All right, boys. You got. You guys can go. I know Jesus. I know. I know of him, or, or I have heard of him, or seen him, and and so I'm okay. Because if you're a father, you have a, a business, and then you have the vision, you have the people, you have the leadership, and then out of a sudden somebody else come and asking people to 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 Take leave your, your people. business. Yeah, it's called poaching. <laughs> <laughs> you just let that guy around a little bit. But ZBD, he was willing. He was willing to let the kids go. Yeah. So. Uh, maybe the reason why is because they were familiar with Jesus, with the ministry of Jesus already. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but so Jesus, he he's living a Galilee, and he one place that he goes through on the way to Jerusalem is Capernaum. And on verse twenty-one, they say they went into Capernaum, and immediately, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. Immediately, we have to talk about this word immediately here. Uh, the the meaning of this Greek word is the same, uh, has its uh, emphasis also on the later part of verse 3. The meaning of the word immediately has this emphasis of making his path straight. Prepare the way of the Lord, making his path straight. So it's like, whatever is getting in the way, we're going to make straight. It's going to be clear because whatever Jesus is doing next is going to happen. So there's this like, uh, not only the urgency, but it's also the clearing the path so that whatever comes next is going to happen. So in verse 23, and immediately there, there were in the synagogue and a man with unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So here is Jesus at church, teaching, preaching, 
sharing God's uh, word with God's people. And out of a sudden, in church, there's a demon-possessed guy. Yeah. That's like, that's crazy. Now, Americans don't really believe in demon possession, <laughs> right? Like, you know, uh, you know, for us who, uh, who you know, have, uh, who are foreigners, so let's I, put it that way. I think it's a sensitive topic when it comes to the Americas with like demon possession and stuff like that because it's just, you know, they don't see it that way. But in other parts of the world, mm -hmm. uh, this is a thing. And I, I remember oh, yeah. growing up and seeing some things, and I'm sure... You have as well too that this is a real thing. Uh, you know, uh, spiritual oppression is, is a real thing, and people struggle with this. And and when you acknowledge it, you could actually you know deal with it head on versus like sure. trying to pacify it by trying to cover it up with other things. So I think it's a reality that we in the Western culture, in a sense, uh, don't don't like to dive into because it's kind of like uh, I don't know if I want to talk about yeah. that. And, and and as growing up, that was one of the majors ministry of my dad at the church on Friday nights. They had what they will call the deliverance services, where people would come and they would be prayed over. They were not coming there because they had demons. They came to be prayed over because there were some situations in their lives. And as a pastor, or my dad or other pastors were praying over them. A, uh, a demon possession, a demon to manifest in the life of the individual, and you know, and and it was that person was sprayed over and freed from that spiritual possession. Uh, it's something that is quite common in African, South America, Central America, and I think we can't reject it. Uh, but we we're not here to give Satan glory either. It's like no. you know, and, and I think this passage where. Where, as it continued, Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. It really just talks about the, the supremacy of Jesus over the spiritual world. It's like, if there's something that is going on in the physical, we'll read a little bit later, he takes care of it. There's something going on spiritually, don't worry about it. Jesus is there and he will take care of it. So here we see, uh, though I, I think something that is significant, the, the demon uh, proclaiming who Jesus is, mm -hmm. the Holy One of God. Like, for me, it's so surprising to hear a demon proclaiming Jesus in this way, the Holy One of God. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and I think if we jump down to the, the second, like there's a second section of passage here that kind of talks a little bit too as well about the demon, and he said that he would not permit the demons in verse the, the second half of verse 34 when he goes through all the healing. And we'll touch a little bit more on the healing here, but since we're talking about the demons here, I think we want to bring this piece up. It says he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Hmm. What do you mean by they knew him? I mean, and we know that <clears throat> demons were created beings. They were angels. One third of them fell out of heaven and, yeah. and, and, and with, uh, with uh, what we call a Lucifer... Um, uh, the the so Satan, the, the opposed one, they came out, they rebelled. So, which means that at some point, the angels and and demon angels and uh, and Jesus and and Satan used to hang out together at some point. Getting Starbucks, you know, getting McDonald's. That's right. Um, you like McDonald's, two for one, <laughs> two for one. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, uh, because they were created being that rebel against God's uh, authority. Uh, at one point, they used to hang with Jesus. Now, no more. And Jesus, knowing uh, them and them knowing Jesus, and Jesus 
Um, and they had some extra knowledge that these people didn't know at the time. Therefore, just like, listen, we're, you're not worth talking about it. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that I think that's they knew him. But I think Jesus is coming into his ministry. He just baptized. He's going through. He's doing all these things. And he does. you would think that if you're starting a ministry and you're starting a business, you want people to talk about it. Sure. Pr- promote it. Mm-hmm. Talk about who I am. And here he's telling these these. These demons that he's that he's casting out of people, and he's saying, "Listen, be silent, mm. don't speak." Yeah. Right? For me, I want to keep it simple in the fact that you're just not worthy enough to say who I am. Mm. You're not worthy enough to proclaim the truth that I am the Messiah, the Holy One of God. I agree with that. I think you're right. So, um, but I do like. I think we we can definitely spend a lot more time on. On the angels and demons, maybe we can talk about that at a different time, do a sure. podcast about that, mm-hmm. and, and just give a little bit more um, context there. Yeah, so let's go on to verse 29. And, and immediately, that's that word again. He left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. You know what that means? Okay. Peter's married. He's a man. He's a lucky man. Look <laughs> yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah. See, we don't think about stuff like that, right? That's right. We, we read and we just glance over, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Peter was married, and and he was and he was a good guy. He loved his mother-in-law. <laughs> that's pretty cool, right that's, there. That's rare. I know. I love my mom. Oh, I love, I love mom. my mother-in-law too. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> that's not the normal there. Uh, but uh, so Peter brings Jesus to heal his mother-in-law with fever. And, and and he and Jesus came and, and I love this part, Danny. I really love this part. It really speaks for me at the heart of Jesus, uh, of the kind of character of a man that he was. It says this, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever the fever left her. The fever left her. So here is Jesus, right? Like so many times we think that Jesus only like only care about the physical aspect of us. And here is Jesus touching her, lifting her by the hand. There's a tender care, compassion, kindness. Jesus is a gentleman here. This is an older lady. She's not feeling good. He goes there with love, tender care, gentleness, and lift her up. Not only heal her from her physical state, but also touch her in her emotions. What yeah. she needed more, she he showed gentleness towards this lady, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, and and I like that this part here because we talk about so much. Mark is like a book of action, mm-hmm. and he's moving, mm-hmm. but he spends time here to give you a good visual. Yeah, a good visual of this this humbleness of this humble servant and Jesus reaching down and just being tender and being kind, as you said. And, and you know, sometimes I think we we need to also do that as well. Mm. You know, I can think about just recently, my wife was sick and. And I was tender, and I was kind, and I, and I made her some soup. I made her some soup, and I brought it to you, her. You made Amanda soup. I made Amanda soup. It was. Was it that was, why she was she had fever? Yeah, it was very good. But uh, I, all kidding aside, no, I I do like the tenderness here that you're touching on, and um, and you know, Mark takes time to show us that, yeah. even though he's moving, mm-hmm. he's taking time to show you those little moments there. And I think it. I think it's important. I think he's he's put it there for a reason because I think we don't know what illness she had. Just had a fever, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about that. It was about the healer. Sure. And it was about him. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. even when he's teaching too, Mark doesn't spend a lot of time trying to give you content like, "Hey, 
here he talked about you know the vipers and the snakes and talk about like you know whitewash he doesn't go through and try to give you all he's he's more about the messenger yeah than the content and i think that's that's important here to kind of as you read this and and i think the whole chapter one really focus on the person of jesus right and uh, it's, it's the whole pro- Bible focused on Jesus. Sam. <laughs> all right, all right. He's more elegant, but uh, the but 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 what I'm saying is in chapter one, it does, it does focus on the uh, man. <laughs> it does focus on the person of Jesus. Like he's like he's been pro- he's the new king and he's being proclaimed. And now he's telling what he suppo- he can do. He's have dominance over the, the evil spirits. Now he has dominance over, uh, over physical uh, aspect of people's lives, but all of that with gentleness and kindness and love. And, and I love how, right after being ministered by Jesus, uh, th- this lady, she, you know, Jesus not only healed her life, uh, her fever, but also touched her deeply in her spirit uh, by be- by how he's gentle and kind towards her. I love how she responds to Jesus. Yeah, I like I like that. I think that's great. And God never requires anything from us. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Mm, I, um, and and a lot of times we come to God and we ask for things. We ask for healing. We get these things. And and I see it a lot of times where people who are going through trials in their life, they're close to God. Mm-hmm. And but when things are kind of you know the peaks and valleys of life, and people yeah. kind of go away, forget. God never never requires anything from us, right? Mm-hmm. But when we recognize who He is and what He's done for us service is just becomes natural it, it just flows out of us because that's the kind of god he is mm-hmm. that's his nature mm-hmm. that's what he's instilled in us mm-hmm. so we want to help others recognize that too as well so that's why we serve and and we talk a lot about people who serve 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 and you know his his mother-in-law here she was a server she, yes <coughs> yes she was <coughs> what the heck <clears throat> and she began to serve right after that, right? Yeah. So she's healed, she's serving, and like you said, she's a server. And most people who serve, they don't, they don't have, they don't allow people to love them back, to serve them back, to be kind towards them, to care for them, to be tender and compassionate towards them. And this is exactly what Jesus gives her. Knowing her person, not only that she had a fever, but she also is the kind of people that gives a lot. He's like, you know what? It's time to give it back. Yeah. It's a lot more than just a fever here. It's really ministered to you holistically. Yeah, it's a beautiful picture, and we see it all yeah. throughout. And, and sometimes it's... I, I love the visual here, like I said, how, how Mark... And, and a simple verse like that, right? Yes. You don't have to... Have, he's not the he's not like the, the most flashiest writer. Uh, but, but he gives you so much. So much, yeah. And then the evening uh, at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And... We talked about here. Let me bring it up. I thought you were saying later earlier I should have pitched in there, but I didn't. There is difference between demon possession and demon oppressed. Oppression, yep. being oppressed by the enemy. Possession is something that is inside. Oppressed, oppressed is something that is on the outside, meaning pushing. that he's pushing, influence you towards a direction that is away from mm-hmm. Jesus, away from God, or away from God's will. And I think we, in the 21st century, we are oppressed all the time. And one of the biggest oppression for me, do you know what the biggest oppression in the 21st century is for me? What's that? It's distraction. Oh, yeah. All the distractions that we have that takes us away 
from focusing on Jesus. Yeah, the busyness of life. Ooh. We've got all these things going on. Mm, that, uh, taking uh, uh, it's taking, taking our focus away from, from what we should be really doing. And you're right, that is a form of spiritual oppression. The 21st century mm-hmm. is definitely bombarded and it's heavy with that. Yes, yes. So, so uh, there's a difference there, but then Mark goes on to say that the whole city was gathered together at the door. So... I Some, mean, something's happening that, down at I Peter's mean, house. That, that is exactly what's going on. So that is, this statement surprised me. Can you imagine the whole Delaware city at at Danny's house uh, because Jesus is there? And I mean, that is a pretty cool, but that's the kind of ministry that Jesus did, right? He moved people because of the power and the authority that he had. Yeah. And, uh, and he healed many. Uh, who were sick with various diseases and cast demons. Uh, and we already touched part on that. Um, and then we see Jesus going from that business that all kind of people at the door uh, trying to get healing, try to be to be ministered by him. And then we see him rising early, very early in the morning, verse 35. While it was still dark, he departed and went out to the desolate place and he went there to pray. You know why? Because wow. ministering to people is hard work. <laughs> it is. It can be draining at times. Yeah. Right? Um, serving can be draining at times. Like, it's not only serving in church and ministry, serving in life. Yeah. Uh, if you're serving your neighbor or your spouse, like you did the soup, look yeah. at you, you know. I need some restore. I need some time away. She should give me a lot of. Uh, time, I know. She know? should give you a little, a little free time. Just free time, do whatever yeah. you want. But. Serving your kids, uh, serving, it really, there is a way of draining away from you. And Jesus is like, you know what, it's time for me to go away, to be refreshed, to spend some time with God. And he went to the solid praise. Well, and and that's part of him being 100% man, 100% God too as well, is that in his ministry, he needed to take that time away to go, to be desolate, to be in solitude, to be in prayer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the day before, he's doing a lot of stuff, healing a lot of people. And he needs to get that, that he needs to be refilled. And I think he's demonstrating that even to us today, he's mm. modeling what it looks like to be in a healthy space if you're in ministry. Mm. Right? You need to spend a lot of time in solitude and prayer with sure. God. Right? Yes. You yes. have to. It's a must. Yes. And, and that's where you get that well, keep filling up that well, mm. that well where you can keep drawing from and keep giving to others. Because if not, you're just in an empty, dry place. And I don't think that's what he wants for us. So he demonstrates that even being God himself. And, and I think going, that's a great lesson to us. A lot of us wants to serve, wants to give, but we have never got from God. You can't it, give what you don't have from God. If you the, give of yourself, and of yourself... Is not God. That is, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Preach that, brother. So uh, a lot of us are maybe giving away pieces of ourselves, which is not supposed to be given instead of giving God. And we can't give God because we don't have, we haven't taken the time to spend time with God in prayer and solitude to be enriched by, by God, uh, to be able to minister to people around. Yeah, because God, God is not going to drain us. No. He's not yeah. a God of draining us, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, I find myself sometimes feel like I'm, uh, you know, being drained, but then I have to really sit back and think like, you know, this is not what God wants for me. That's right. And, and okay, so we stop there because that's exactly what Jesus does, right? The rest of this passage really, I think, backs up what we're talking about because it says this, then Simon and those who were with him 
searched for him. <laughs> hide and seek. <laughs> hide and go seek. Yeah, Jesus is like, it's early in the morning. They're always sleeping. These sleepy heads. We know they're sleepy heads from different passages. And Jesus goes out in the in the middle of it to, and they're searching for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And that's and it, and that's you know the what? fulfillment of some seek and you will find. That's right. <laughs> Look at you. And what did Jesus do? He's like, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Let's go to a different town. Jesus creates boundaries. Boundaries. I like I like that boundaries angle. I didn't see that. But talk to me a little bit about that boundaries. Of Jesus Jesus created boundaries? Jesus yeah. created boundaries. It's like people are trying to suck the life out of me. I'm moving on to the next one. There's a lot more people to serve. There's a lot more towns to see. There's a mo lot more words to be spoken to those who need to hear. And then I think so many times, Jesus was a man of discipline. It shows it here. He took a time to be refreshed. And then he said, okay, I already have served here now. It is time to move on. And, and sometimes it's important for us to recognize those people in our lives who's trying to to get a little bit oh, more. I see, where, I see where you're going with this. I like to, it. I'll take a little bit more than what they should from us. Right, we don't have, we don't create boundaries, so people come and 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 really suck the life out of us. And we need to learn from Jesus here. There are times where we serve them, and there are times where we say, "Okay, enough is enough." There are some other people that uh, I am called to serve also. So Jesus draw the line here. Let's go to the next town that I may preach there also. That uh, that's why I came out, and he went through all Galilee preaching in their synagogue and casting out demons. Um, Jesus showing himself to be a man of discipline, which is something that we ought to learn. And then he goes on and, and then to the last part of the chapter, which is the healing of a guy with, with leprosy. And the leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. Man, I love that statement. Great faith, man. How does leper have such great faith? I mean... How? Sometimes we have to have faith of a leper. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you're right. No, no I, I think... Uh, so I want to unpack this, this, this passage a little bit here. So we know leprosy. If we talk about the context of the time, what did mm -hmm. that mean when someone had leprosy? It wasn't just a word, right? Mm -hmm. It was a... It, it created like a whole different lifestyle that you had to live. You, you were segregated. It was... Not only was it physically debilitating... But it was socially crippling. Yes, the, the social, there is a social context to, to, to all the healings of Jesus. And especially here, right? Yeah. So socially, humans are grounded in connection with other people. In relationships. To, yes. We, to be human is to have relationships, right? Yep. And rejection mm -hmm. is like a sword that cuts through the soul. Oh, yeah. That's deep. And, and, and lepers were... As you're saying, they were just that, rejected, rejected. by everyone, yeah. kicked out of being a human, yeah, they no had, longer a human. They had to quarantine. <laughs> for their whole life, <laughs> not for five days or ten days, whatever it is right now. Yeah, they, had to, they had to quarantine. <laughs> but uh, uh, but here is, it comes with, I think some of the words here really tells you the state of this guy. He imploring Jesus. I mean, he's not... He's not uh, just uh, asking. He's imploring, right? Uh, kneeling. That there is a desperation on this guy attitude here. But his desperation comes so cool and calm. Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. 
I like that. I like how you set that up there because because the healing came in an unexpected way. Oh. Because he could have said, "You're healed." Mm-hmm. He could have said, "Stand up." He could have, you know, we read. We'll read more about all the other miracles mm-hmm. he did. But what did he do with this leper? Was that he touched him? Yes. So uh, unexpectedly, like the, I'm sure the person with the, this man. This leper was not expecting that. Not to be touched, that for sure. Like, obviously, moved with pity. Jesus moved with pity. That was compassion. Jesus saw his condition, saw his imploring, saw his kneeling, and saw his attitude. So many people come to Jesus with the entire attitude. You do this for me, Jesus. This guy was like, no, 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 no. Jesus, if you will, if you want, it is all about you here. If that's something you are willing to I know it can happen. A lot of Christians come to Jesus today with this like, I deserve it. I want it. You should do it. Poor me. And Look and, at my faith. Mm, we even uh, use that too as well. Like, oh, yeah. I'm faithful. I'm a follower. I, I They should get this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I have put my work in. Now I deserve some <laughs> reward, right? Yeah. So now this guy, uh, he comes uh, very humble before Jesus. But Jesus comes with compassion towards him. And he stretched out his hand and touched him. Jesus Touch the leopard. What happened when you touch the leopard? Then you became unclean. But in this section here, he healed him holistically. Again, going back to that whole healing that he offers, not just our physical state, but our spiritual, our emotional, our holistic state. Yes. He cares about a holistic thing and not just one aspect of it, right? As I said, he could have said, Okay, you you know you make a good argument. I just came from this town. I heal all these people. You're just one of them. I can do you too as well. There's a reason why Mark has this specific here closing out this chapter. Hmm. It shows that Jesus, the kingdom, advances with prayer, preaching, and there has to be some cleansing too as well. Whoa, whoa. And we see here that he's cleansing this leper from his physical ailments. Mm -hmm. We know he's dealing with his spiritual ailments Mm -hmm. too as well. Mm -hmm. And then, not only that, he restores them. So there's a restorative... A restorative piece here too as well that I like. Can I add to that list you said? Touching? It comes with touching too? Uh, For me, uh, this just dawned on me right here. Then he he touched the the Simon's mother-in-law. And now he's touching this guy. Uh, Jesus, like, he's not afraid of touching the masses of our lives. Getting his hands dirty. Get his hands dirty. He's not afraid of that uh, uh, because it doesn't stick on him. Uh, and, and he says, I will be, I, I, will, I will be clean. Jesus is like, listen, I'll touch you because you're, this is not going to impact me whatsoever, but it will impact you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I love that. It comes with the preaching. How many times does that get in our way, though? But well, we don't want to be messed up because of the situation some people are in. I know we're diving into this other uh, thing here. But. Yeah, but I think that's the whole point here too, in a sense, is that how many people we are afraid to touch? We, 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 God is like, no, get in there. Get in their lives. Get in their mess with them. Help them out. Right? I, I know I just talked that we just shared about there are some people that sucks the life out of us. And ministry can be, or serving, serving can be uh, life draining for sure. But there are times where Jesus is like, you know what? You have what it takes. You have spent time with me. I have revitalized your life. You have what it takes. 
Go there now and serve by serving it well. Go lift someone out of their fever. Go lift someone out of their condition. Maybe go touch someone who hasn't been touched for years. Go profess a word of encouragement. Go be a companion with someone who hasn't haven't, haven't had a companion for years. Go there out of your own will. Transform people's lives with what I have given you. Because you can't give, as what we're saying, from what we don't have. We God has given us resource to touch people's lives. So we can do a lot of great things because God has given us the resource through Him, through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's I think that's that puts a capper on chapter one, at least <clears throat> going through the different pericopes here. You sound smart right now, Danny. Sounding smart, man. Sounding smart. <laughs> but hey, before before we uh you know close off this 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 chapter and close off this session here, um, talk to me about this holistically the overall chapter what really spoke to you and, and, and what can we kind of take away from this and how can we kind of apply it in what we're doing I, I mean <clears throat> this last part we we're talking about here Jesus really um, t- touching someone and and the complete dom- dominance of Jesus over demons and the physical but then not only the physical but restoring people physical uh, condition but restoring their emotional social condition I, I i love this part of what we we're talking about here jesus with the with the, um his gentleness his kindness his care his compassion towards peter's mother-in-law lift lift giving her a hand lifting her up really helping her up i mean the energy of jesus being so tender so kind so is so cool and then here this leopard this guy has been rejected by society who's been outcast jesus not only talks to him heals him but touched him. When was the last time this guy was touched by someone? Where showed care, tenderness, compassion, kindness. What was the last time? Who knows? But he was Jesus, loving the unlovable, and that and that and that, well, that really speaks. If we know him. anything, we know the last time he was touched was here and now, and it was with Jesus mm. in this chapter. Mm. And what a lasting memory to have. Oh, that was yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. us to read us to have. That's for sure. Yeah, I think. Um, what I about you? I definitely like everything you said that I think it's important. Uh, I uh, I really like this chapter. I love the book of Mark. So Mark personally is one of my favorite books. Why is that? You know, I just I just love Mark. Because he's short like you? Uh, hey, and rich? Short uh, and rich like yeah, Danny? He's, he's, uh, you got one of those, right? Definitely short. Um, but no, I love Mark. And I really love this chapter because I like the simplicity of it. Like Mark, when he writes... He's not trying to give you the theological background as to why you should mm-hmm. believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He just says it in one statement, you know, and um, and he leaves it at that. Mm-hmm. Because as a reader, mm-hmm. as a believer, as an unbeliever, when you read this gospel, you have to, he presents the facts of, of what's there. He's like, I know Matthew's going to handle all the other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and John's going to write things too as well. But for me, I'm just going to hit you with, I want to talk about all these different things that Jesus did. And from this specific chapter, I like um, the simplicity of it. And, and I love the fact of the baptism. Uh, I talked a little bit when we earlier, it talked about the baptism, but uh, there's two places where the heavens open up. Okay. It opened up, and this was one of them. God, yeah, and then yeah, like, at mm-hmm. the crucifixion, also oh. the crucifixion too as well. Mm. What is the importance of that? I like when I read the Bible to see like what is God puts. God's so good of a writer. He puts thing in there 
for us and we we miss them because we don't look for them we don't read them and i think if we spend time with god's word and open to what he's trying to teach us he's trying to teach us that but i like the word you talk about immediately because too many times in my life i find myself procrastinating sure right yeah well yeah that's i'm a procrastinator a men's condition we're all (laughs) we're all procrastinating but i like the fact that (laughs) no no i thought men not women women don't procrastinate procrastinate. Uh, sorry man that might be an exception (laughs) um but no i think i love this because so many times we try to kind of have to have to justify who jesus is to someone when we need to take the approach marcus take it it's not my job to justify who he is my job to tell you who he is oh wow Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's not my job to prove he is who he is. I can't do anything to prove who he is. I just got to tell you, here's the guy. <laughs> I love that. I love that, Danny. Uh, Jesus doesn't need a protector. They, he needs a proclaimer, and that's what we're here to do, to proclaim the gospel, right? That's right. And I think, you know, as we as we continue to dive into these chapters, hopefully we can bring out and draw out some of these insights. And there might be insights that you who might be listening or reading to might be um, hearing if we love to hear from that for sure you. yes if you have additional insights or you know you know what you and Danny talked about uh, or Sam talked about or myself talked about if if we can help expound on any of that stuff and anything interesting to us all because we're all learners sure yeah. we're still learning we don't we don't claim to know everything about the Bible right no, we, and we're learning from one another and having conversations that's the whole uh, uh, idea of God that we would journal together through his word uh, to learn together. It's like the road to a mess. Two yeah. guys talking in the that's presence right. of Jesus. That's right. Well, you know, that's that's chapter one. We'll definitely, uh, hopefully you join us next week as we look at chapter two. And we'll have some surprises as we go along this year. We're learning as we go. We're going to bring on some other voices too as well to get some, some guests on here. But uh, we hope that you enjoy this chapter. We, we hope that you're enjoying the series. Uh, we're excited for this Easter series as we're doing it leading up to Easter. Thank you for joining us today, and as Sam always says, be blessed. Be blessed.